0: Hi, thank you for joining us. I'm Charlotte Wood, and I'm podcasting from the Bondac Montessori in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Today, we're beginning a two-part series about observation, which is just a huge, huge topic. It's a major way that humans learn, and so we thought we'd break it up into two segments. First, we're talking about observation as adults adults observing children, and then the second part will be children observing other children. So today we're talking about teachers and adults observing children. In the Montessori training, we learn that observation is the key to how we know what a child is ready for. It's how we determine action. What do I see this child doing? What does this child need? What does a group need? What do I see and what, if anything, do I need to do about it? It's very different from judgment and it's very important when we're genuinely observing to remove our judgment from the encounter. It's easy to see a child walking around and think, oh, they're not doing anything. But if we are observing rather than judging, we're looking, what are they looking to be interested in? Did they just put a work away and they're making their way around to see what they're working on next? Are they carefully walking around rugs? Is that something I've shown them recently that we walk around rugs, not over rugs? And they're making the longest route possible in order to walk around all the rugs in the classroom. Are they actually following somebody else who's walking, perhaps carrying a work? And none of that is possible if I presuppose that I know what a child, what a child's motivations might be. It's how we determine what our actions should be. And so sometimes these are quick. I can observe a child using a material and always missing the bucket when they're pouring water from a basin after hand washing. That observation is clear. What, if anything, do I need to do about it? If this happens repeatedly, that might mean that this child needs a new presentation about how to get the water from the basin into the bucket. It might mean that I need to get a new bucket or that this child isn't ready for this. I need to present this in a different way so that it's more accessible to the child. A routine of observing children also means I can notice if only one or two children are having trouble with a process, in which case I need to address that with that child, or if everyone is having trouble with a process, in which case I probably need to change the situation. For example, with the bucket, If one or two younger children is having trouble getting the water from the basin into the bucket, maybe the next time they take out that work, I help guide them into getting the water from the basin into the bucket. Or I say, can I take a turn? Can I show you how to do this? And we do it together. Or it means that work needs to be removed until I can find a more suitable implement. If I were judging that situation, I might say, oh, so-and-so is trying to make a mess, or why can't they do it, or it's just so easy. But if I'm observing, I can determine, is this a mess that's being made on purpose because a child wants to use the spill bucket that they've recently been shown? Is this a slippery implement? Did I not make it clear enough that you only get one pitcher of water? One of the gifts of Montessori is that We are very clear that the observations tell us what changes we need to implement as adults. We are in charge of the environment. We are in charge of the materials that are available to the child. We are in charge of time and opportunity. We are in charge of the environment. And the child is in charge of herself. And so if something needs to be changed, it's not the child's fault. It's our responsibility, and that's so important in Montessori and an important distinction that makes it clear between observation or judgment. There was a moment with a younger child that really highlighted, to me personally, the importance of not jumping to conclusions. We were In one of our summer camp sessions and so we were having a craft we were painting birdhouses for children and of course as an adult i think the birdhouse looks a certain way there's painted in beautiful colors maybe i want to match my flowers or my decor and so of course i'm going to paint it to be beautiful for me and a young child who we had the gift of watching grow over the course of four years had his little Q-tip for painting inside the little hole in the birdhouse. And at first, my first thought was, what is happening here? Is this child messing around? Are they exploring? What is going on? Um, But I asked the child, what are you doing? And his response was so humbling. It was a perpetual reminder to observe not jump to conclusions, not to be judgmental. He said, I'm making it beautiful for the birds. It never occurred to him that these were birdhouses picked up from a craft store and that no bird would ever really be able to fit in there. This was a house for a bird. And so, of course, where would we want the paint? The paint goes on the inside where it would be beautiful and a nice experience for the bird. And what better of a lesson could there be to always observe, to take in what's going on, to ask questions, and to be present to the moment with the child, and to not make any assumptions. If I had made an assumption or told the child, stop doing that, or the paint only goes on the outside, what would it have achieved except satisfied my adult pride? We hear wonderful moments all the time from teachers and from parents who saw their child working with something, and the instinct was to go in and fix it, to avoid any frustration, to avoid fussing one minute longer with a zipper or with getting that shoe on, but they sat on their hands, and they observed, and they watched what happened, an interaction between Two students who both think they got to painting at the same time, or both thought they got to snack at the same time, or a three-year-old who's been working so hard on zippers, and we don't want it to turn into tears, so we just watch and wait. We give the child the skills ahead of time, either preparing them with that zipper or spending lots and lots of time practicing putting on shoes or spending time practicing what to do when a friend wants something and you are having a disagreement about it. We prepare ahead of time and then we observe. We see, was that enough preparation? Does the child need more or different preparation? Or, as we are so often shown, Are they able to do it? Are they so much more capable than we imagine they might be? What can they show us when we are able to take time to observe? Next time, we'll talk about another huge way humans learn, children observing one another. So thank you for listening follow us on facebook twitter tumblr and instagram at bond and email us with questions comments and suggestions at hello at bond until next time